This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is sponsored by Magic Rock Brewing. Currently, you can get free delivery on all orders over £40 and 10% of all online orders by using our code of TAKESTHATCHANCE10. Jackson's there, Billy Head! The goal, Chris Billy Huddersfield Town! The most famous goal of Chris Billy's life! Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is! Take your place in Division 2, Huddersfield Town! Be in Steve Simonson's boots now. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the frame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Huddersfield Town are promoted. Stephen Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance. What gets irate? <laughs> Good evening, everyone, and uh, welcome to a very special edition of Annie Takes That Chance. Uh, rather than endure England v Iceland in the uh, Nations League, we decided to do a non-league special tonight. And then, uh, join, joining myself, Neil Brady. Oh, God, I could hear myself twice here at that as well. So let me just... Uh... There we go. So, introducing uh, a super panel tonight, we've got James Howard, uh, the chairman of Brighouse Town. Good evening, James. Evening, how are we doing? Yeah, good, thanks. Uh, we've got Paul Quinn, the former Brighouse manager, now Tadcaster Albion manager. Hi, Paul. Evening, all right, guys. And we've got player coach, according to Wikipedia, uh, of Gulka United and Uddersfield Town legend, which we'll talk about later, Joe Scars. Hi, Joe. Hi, lads. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. You're welcome. So, obviously, yeah, we're meant to be in the thick of a season and uh, what a strange time uh, for everyone. Uh, the season's kind of stopped and you guys got going and stopped again. So I suppose we'll come just from kind of a playing side, really. Uh, start with you, Paul. Uh, how frustrating has it been? I mean, I, I kind of read your website notes. You were very forthright with your opinion and frustrated that we've been kind of stopped again uh, 
something obviously that you didn't feel that should have happened. It's frustrating. I mean, there's no no two ways about it. I think to, to get the season started and then sort of have a four week pause, I think everyone will, will agree it's frustrating. And you know, we've all got to, we've all got to do our bit. I get that in terms of the football world. And if it meant spectators not coming in again, that causes a problem for clubs that have got players on contract or might have to still play keep playing paying players. But I think. Um, there was no reason, in my my opinion, that we couldn't have kept uh, training, particularly the young ones, you know, particularly the kids that are suffering a lot at the moment anyway, um, from, you know, being in isolating bubbles and being off school and all sorts of things that are going on. I, you know, I, I personally felt that things could have get, kept going in terms of the outdoor activity side of it. And, you know, our lads could have could have some, some training going on during this period. But obviously the powers that be decided that wasn't the right thing to be. And obviously we've... we've uh, you know, we're stuck by all the guidance and everything that's happened. But yeah, it's frustrating. But we're sort of halfway through this mini lockdown now and uh, we're looking forward to it. You know, I'm sure James and Scarsy will agree. We're looking forward now to, to getting back to playing, getting back to seeing the lads and uh, doing doing what we love and what we're in the game for. So I suppose just to give everyone a bit of background, really. So obviously, yourselves, Paul and, and James, tack us a big ass in the same league, uh, the Northern Premier League. I've done my homework here, the North West Division. Uh and Joe, you're in the Northwest Counties Football League as well. So your seasons have started quite differently, really, haven't they? Joe, you're doing well uh, in third spot. Uh, Takasta, eighth. And uh, sorry to come to you, James, but being a bit of a, a struggle this season, it looks like one win. But I suppose uh, I think you'd lost a two or three on the bounce. Were you just ready to go again and trying to you know, get the form turned around? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's like anything, isn't it? It's. Um... I think when you have a fantastic pre-season, which we did, um, we had a very strong pre-season and you know, I think we conceded two goals without pulling up my facts book in front of me. You know, we conceded two goals pre-season and took Harrogate first team to a goalless draw at home um, after their epic uh, epic final win. Um, I think you kind of jinx yourself, don't you? And I think, you know, it, you know, I'm not a superstitious bloke, but I think, you know, having that sort of form pre-season going into the league campaign... Um, you're kind of on that sort of high anyway. Um, and it is as it is, it's football, you know. Um, we just got to get on with it, and um, you know, it's it is early doors. You know, by the time we go back, we've still got a lot of games to play. You know, the league season's been extended as well, and you know, we're, we're in the I'm still very confident. Uh, you know, I, I did something last night, and you know, my predictions for where we'll finish up in the season, I'm still confident that we'll finish where we want to finish. And yeah, it's not gone, not gone too particularly well. But as I say, we're looking, looking forward to uh, Boxing Day with uh, with Quinny's lot, and uh, and uh, no doubt that'll be uh, that'll be uh, a pretty special uh, West Yorkshire derby, or West North Yorkshire derby, I should say, being geographically correct. But uh, but yeah, you, you know, it's football, and we've just got to get on with it. And yeah, you know, and I will I will add that we you know we uh, we beat Huddersfield Town first 3-0 at home pre season, so. Um, I don't know if that that went against us in terms of our form coming into the in, into the full campaign, but yeah, it's football and you know it's frustrating. As much as it's great when you win, it's it's uh, yeah, it's a, it's a very lonely, very lonely uh, Saturday night when you lose. I can tell you that. So, how's your uh, season been going at, at Golka so far? Um, yeah, we've started all right. Obviously. We'd like to be in the league, what Quinny and, and James are in the cells, um, <laughs> you know. But um, I've been I've been really surprised, not not surprised, but really, um, you know, happy with 
with the standard of football I've seen at step six, never mind what I can imagine what step five and step four, which obviously Brighouse and, and Ty Casterin, um is like. I mean, there's some really good players at, at, at the level that, that goal can find themselves at. Um, we played the two Liverpool teams, which were really who were really good. Um, had a few outstanding players, what, what I believe could play a lot higher. Um, I mean, I played in Conference North last year and I don't think there's a big difference whatsoever. I don't think there's a big difference at all um, in the leagues and I think Quinny and James might might agree with me there that um, a lot of lads, I think, what playing step four, five and six, what's, what's not class of elite, which I think is a joke, really. Um, I think we should still be playing them as Quinny said, I think we've got all the guidelines in place, especially at Goldquin. I'm sure they have at Brighouse and I'm sure they have at Tadcaster where we could easily play games now. Um, so it's, it's been a good start. We've, we've played eight games and we've won three, drawn one, lost four. So we've lost a few games. I think we've won. We're unbeaten away from home. We've lost every single game at home, which is a bit frustrating. But... Um, we get 300 fans every game at the minute at home and, and teams are coming to us and it's a lot of teams are coming to us and straight away they're saying to like a few of our lads and myself and when the game just kicked off it's, it's brilliant here isn't it 300 fans and and teams in our league I've found there are, there's a lot of young lads in each team um, they have got a lot of energy and, and they're seeming to thrive off playing in front of a big crowd um, but no I've really enjoyed it so far um, and as I say, just looking forward to the season getting back going again. So I'm just going to do a little spotlight kind of on, on all your clubs and that as well. I know you kind of talk non-league as steps forward, and whatever, but I kind of put it in terms for probably most people are watching. I, it's kind of classed as, I suppose, the Division 8, if you're kind of going down the pyramid and that as well, it's uh, Division 8 and Joe, you also probably be like the ninth Division and that as well. So obviously keep kind of getting promoted and you end up you know, in National League and that as well. Mm. But I suppose starting with you, James, really. So the one thing that really struck me going on your website is how professional it is. In fact, to be honest, I think it's a lot better than the Field Towns, really. It's a lot more user-friendly and it, it puts shame, I think, to a lot of professional clubs and that as well. There's a couple of things that did stand out for me uh, was you've got a women's team, you've got an academy team, and you've also got like a, a 200 club drawer and that as well. So when I kind of looked at on that and read all that, I'm thinking... Wow, this is kind of real ambition here, and uh, it's a it's quite a lot more than just kind of one team on a Saturday. This looks like a club that's really ambitious. Yeah, you know, um, you can tell I've uh, I've hung around with Sean Jarvis too much over the years, can't you? Um, <laughs> clearly, ripping off all of his ideas. But um, yeah, you know, I'm I'm, I'm 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 new. I'm not. I don't have a background like Quinny or or Scars in terms of. Um, history in the game. I, I never really played the game. I just about played Sunday League and I couldn't afford the fines in the end. It was that brutal. Um, so I had to pack it in. But I'm, I'm quite fortunate. I've, I've been around the sort of commercial game of football for a long time and, you know, been exposed to, to, to Huddersfield Town and Bradford City and picked up a lot of um, a lot of good advice over the years, really. And I think the most important lesson that I've sort of learned is, is just listening, really. And, and just being a bit of a sponge and taking great advice in and you know and I'm sure these guys will you know these guys have played the game that are on are on the call now and you know and obviously Quinny in his management role and, and Scar's doing his coaching you know 50% of what we do is about the result and, and the performance I absolutely accept that but the other 50% of running a club is is about the branding it's about the marketing it's about 
how we conduct ourselves in the community and and the things that we do off the pitch and you know and I think for for, for Brighouse Town you know we're quite fortunate we're we're quite a large town sandwiched between you know Bradford Huddersfield Halifax Wakefield Leeds you know we're in quite a, a condensed area and I think the sort of real ambition for the club is to try and capitalise on on those chimney pots really around us and, you know, give people an alternative to, to you know, Premier League, Championship, you know, League One, League Two football, the professional game and, and say, well, hold on a minute, you know, we're in Brighouse here. There's, there, there is a real alternative to, to, to going and, and spending whatever you spend at a professional level. And um, so, but I think, but that doesn't mean necessarily just because the standard of football is, there is a disparity, obviously. I'm not ignorant to say there isn't. You know, of course, there's a disparity in, 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 in the quality of the game from, from the Premier League down to our level without doing anybody any disservice, just being honest. But I think that doesn't stop us behaving and acting in a, in a professional manner, in a professional way in terms of how we portray uh, the club. And, 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 you know, and I think the biggest driver for us is, is just... It's just the conduct. It's it's capitalising on the local skills and you know telling them that Brighouse Town exists and you know getting um, uh, local uh, local businesses on board and you know bigger businesses on board who um, might not necessarily have been aware of the non-league system because uh, as you touched on there or certainly aware of that pyramid platform um, and giving them an alternative really to sitting in a terrace or a corporate box at, at, at the John Smiths or at Valley Parade and you know, standing on the touchline with 300 fans and a couple of Alsatians, you know, and and, um, and, it, and it's that, you know, and that's that's the reason why, you know, I, I, I fell in love with non-league because it, it's real, you know, and it's 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 real football and, um, and, and, and bloody hell, you meet some characters, I'll tell you that, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I won't go into it. I've got a few tales of some of our fans and I'm sure you remember some of them, Quinny, from your days at Big House as well. But I think I'm picturing the same people you are, James. Yeah, <laughs> yeah quite possibly. And, you know, and these these fans are great. You know, they've been they've been supporters of the club for 25, 30 years. You know, um, Big House has been going since the 60s in 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 two different forms, from an old working working men's team um, from Blake Ravals um, in terms of the history of the club. You know, so we, we, we've got supporters and fans who have been been with us pretty much from the 70s and the 80s in terms of following the club but I think for, for me it's it, you know if we're to evolve and, and progress through through the league system as we want to do you, you know I mean it would be unbelievable to try and ever achieve what Harrogate Town have done you know and I look at that as the benchmark you know I really do and I think it's phenomenal I'm not going to sit here and say that you know we're, we're going to do that because I don't want to eat humble pie if we don't but you know that that gives everybody hope, really, and that gives everybody, you know, like the Tadcasters and the Golkers and, and the Brighouses, the Liversages, you know, the Emleys, the Shelleys of this world, all the local clubs. That you know, clearly progression is there, and it, and it's achievable. And yeah, so it's it's it's, but it's about bringing the younger generation through as well, and getting the kids kids coming through, and you know, getting them invested into the club emotionally, and you know, being the twelfth man really, and shouting abuse from the touchline. So. Sounds uh, a lot of vibrancy around. I mean, I, you kind of know people through like local cricket and obviously social media, but there's a lot of people that I know have been going to a lot of your games and just enjoying the Saturday. Paul, I'd love to know a little bit about Tadcaster because obviously they've been absolutely decimated. Is it four floods you've had in, a, in the last year? It, 
it just seems to be incredible. But it seems to be a club that's got such resilience and a big heart and it just won't be beaten. I mean, I remember seeing some of them pictures when I think it might have been the second flood and I just, it must be just heartbreaking. But the fact that you kind of even started the season and got it going and is there such a kind of resilience at that club that, you know, just won't be beaten and it kind of transferred it onto the pitch? Yeah, I think I think you can look at it in two ways, can't you? You can sort of go into your channel and think, you know, a bit of a victim mentality and, you know, a poor old tagcaster, or you can actually use it to your advantage and, and pull people together and galvanise people. I think we've had a couple of things that happened this year that have really pulled us together as a club. I think, first of all, the floods in February, which were, you know, devastating for, for everybody. I mean, you know, there's, there's no getting around it where the, the dugouts are probably, what, 20 yards away from the river. It's inevitable that the pitch is going to flood from time to time. But the issue with the ground is when it's actually not so much the pitch, believe it or not, because the pitch drains pretty quickly after the flood. It's actually if the water gets into the clubhouse that there's an issue because uh, you can imagine then all the floors have got to come up and everything's got to be redone. So, you know, that causes a big issue. So there was that we had to deal with, first of all. And then obviously we get not, you know, the double sort of, compounded that really was the obviously the coronavirus happening which for every club caused them a massive massive headache so but I think for me as manager I think it's pulled everyone closer together I think the players have come closer together I think I've come closer with the committee I only joined last October so I was still getting to know people and I think it's brought everybody together and we've had that bit of a siege mentality since then and um, you know there's some great plans in place at the club now to restructure the clubhouse and put a new facility in there and um, flood proof it all so you know there's some exciting times ahead but as James has said you know I think um, I think you've got to set your objectives and you've got to set your expectations high and not you know what not be afraid to put yourself out there and say we do want to get to the next level and we do want to push on and we do want to improve the club and we do want more revenue and we do want more corporate partners and not be ashamed to say that and you know what for me if things don't work they don't work but you've you've had a go at it and you've you've set your expectations i'd much rather have that mentality than have the mentality of we'll just accept what we've got and just just be the same as everybody else and you know i think you in life in business in football i think you've got to be brave and you've got to stand up and you've got to try and push yourself and push the players and push everyone around you and i think that mentality you know it's refreshing to hear james talk about that um you know i can remember when i first went to brighouse you know there was certainly a point where we needed to push things forward again. And it's great to see someone like James come into a club that I've got so much sort of admiration for and they give me my first opportunity in senior semi-pro football. You know, it's a, it's a club I admire a lot. So for someone like James to go in and, and talk about those things with a club like that's refreshing, you know. And we've got people at Tadcaster that have the same mentality as well. So, uh, yeah, hopefully on Boxing Day we can we can come out on top in terms of that, <laughs> terms of that mentality. But, yeah, so got- it's, it's, it's been difficult. But, we've you know, I think it has brought people together. You got a twenty ones and an eighteens, Paul. So pretty much is that kind of the conveyor belt, and you look to kind of bring these guys through to the the first team. Is it is kind of got a big squad, shall we say? Because I noticed you said that you've had lots of injuries and suspensions. So have you had to kind of call in some of these uh, kind of lower age groups? Yeah, we've got um, so we've got like an emerging talent squad now that are playing in the uh, under twenty ones league, but we're also arranging them fixtures against some of the pro clubs as well. And I think Tadcaster's got a really good track record of getting players uh, from the club to to higher to higher teams. So even this year, we've had Enrico Sousa signed a full time contract for Darlington in the last few weeks. He's he's just gone there from us, played four games for us at the start of the season, got snapped up. Alfie Beeston signed a full time deal at Scunthorpe. Uh, early in the year, so we, and we've had other players. Uh, Ronaldo Vieira played for us and now playing abroad, and we've had numerous players that have come through Tadcaster. Because um, again, like James was saying geographically, I think we just sit nicely between Leeds and York, and we've got good connections with Leeds Academy and 
Uh, obviously, we've got eye to eye academy running out of the club as well, so we've got sort of that conveyor belt of players coming through, and that. I think that's massively, massively important, even at our level, that you've got a group of players you can call upon. We didn't have that last year because that had been decimated because of a restructure at the club, and to bring that back in in the summer was really important because we wanted to be able to call on some of these young players. And we set an objective at the start of the season to try and get six through to the first team uh, this season. I think we've already had four come through and make the first team appearance. So, you know, it's, it's really important, massively important, because we haven't got the budget that some of the clubs have got at our level either. So it's, it's massively important that we're sort of attracting the young players to come through that are hungry and want, want to make an impression. You took over from Curtis Woodhouse, uh, a name that I'll always not, not go to have too well with town fans who... Uh, Put us into the uh, the third division of League One as it was then back in uh, 2001. But yeah, we won't talk much about that. Joe, t- give us a little t- touch on uh, Golke United. Got Danny Ratchin now, aren't you? Uh, in your squad? Is it Brighouse? Oh God, there's my prep. It's all gone Pete Tong, man. I knew, right, one of them. I knew one of your three clubs. Golke, <laughs> come on, come on, mate. Yeah, Golke. Um... It's was it better missed. standard than when you thought? Sorry, Joe. What, from what? Yeah, from obviously where you played. Yeah, you know, the club, the club itself is is, is fantastic. It's, it's really well run. Um, I mean, I, I spoke to I spoke to Ash Connor and Gavin Connor that were the joint managers um, way back in January, and and they they outlined their plans to me and and said that you know if I, if I wanted to to come on board and and. And help help out with a little bit of my coaching as well because I coach I coach at Sheffield United Academy, so they just said if 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 I wanted to do it and the options there for me and I signed for another club in January last um, in the year just gone and then in the summer I just had a little sit down and I think and my coach at Sheffield United is going really well. I wanted to be at a local club. Um, it's fifteen minutes away from my house and and the people at the club are just. They're just really enthusiastic about getting Gorka to the next level. Um, and not just the next level, the next level after that, like Quinny says, I think in football you've got to be ambitious. You can't I think you've got to set your limits as high as you can. Um you've got to be brave, you've got to um, drive people forward. I mean we've got we've got a group of people at Gorka who throughout all the all the summer and at the beginning of lockdown, the, the first lockdown, every day they were working at the club, you know, getting things sorted. Um, we've just had a new stand built. Um, the stand behind the goals, behind the goal, they're doing into like um, a bit of a cop end where the, where the people stand behind it, and that's all through volunteers. You know, just people who want to make the club better. Um, and as I said, ever, ever ever since I've arrived at the club, um, the people there have been fantastic with me, from Pete the chairman to Secretary Ben Senior, and then obviously Ash and Gav as well. And 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 they've got fans who. You know, I mean, we played Cleet Amour away on the first game of the season, which is, I think it's three hours away in Barrow. It, horrendous day. And we, I think we had 60 fans what went up there, um, which which at, at, at that level, it's, it's remarkable, really. Um, and even just for like, you know, for my dad, you know, who's, followed, who's, who's watched me since I was eight years old, you know, he, he comes to every game and he said it's, he said it's the most he's enjoyed football since... The most enjoyed watching me play, um, just because he can go around, he can walk around the ground like like James says there, you know, stroke a little, stroke an Alsatian when he's walking around, have a pint. It's just, it's just real football. It's just real football, though. And what I think, should I say about our female fans, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> I think 
true. Sometimes, yeah, we, we all love the professional game. And we, but, you know, when you just go back to your roots and, and, and you go to a non-league round and, and you go on a Saturday afternoon and, and you, your dad and whoever can have a pint and, 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 and watch a really good game of football where, it's, where it might end up 5-4 and it'll be 4-2 to the other team with two minutes to go and, and, it'll be, and the other team will win 5-4. You know, you know, the games are exciting. And, and as I said, the quality that the quality of the football in the lower leagues is um, is really really good as well. I couldn't agree more, Joe. I mean, I I've kind of been in some right travels. I've been to Baseford United, Glossop North End. I went to FC Man United, beat Scarborough, uh, and I've absolutely loved it. I've loved the yeah. standard. Yeah. It's been much better than I thought it'd be. Like you said there, it's, I've seen a lot of obviously a lot of league fans have kind of not got the fix. So you're getting, I think, a lot of people coming in there. And I, I don't think it'd be as simple as once the league kind of clubs open the doors again, whenever that may be, that they will all go back there. Right, James, maybe one for you, but I think there's definitely opportunity to kind of get these people in and to keep them in and that as well. Because the one thing that I've kind of really loved about it, like you say, is it's just that friendliness, just being treated like, you know, like classy, really. I think Wuddersfield Town's kind of lost the way a little bit now, kind of yeah, how they treat, treat the supporters. Yeah, and I'm not, and I'm not, I'm, I'm in no way like disrespecting, you know, the, the football league and, and and the levels above us. I'm not disrespecting them in any way. I'm just saying that I, you know, I think people do do kind of dismiss this level and think that oh, it's it's rubbish. It's it's not a great standard, you know. Lads just go out on a Friday night and 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 they have a drink and they turn up on a Saturday and play. It's not that. It's totally different now. I think, you know, the, the level is good and there's good players at this level. And players at this level who could easily step up, I think, if, 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 if you know, sometimes it's a case of they've got a, they've got a decent job and, and they don't want to travel. I think that's a, I think that's a big factor. Lads at this level, do they want to travel? Do they want to go to like the Conference North or whatever and, and want to travel and be out of the house all day? Maybe not. So so they find themselves at this level. James, how much? Uh, I mean, for kind of people tuning that, is Cash King in, in this league? Can you do how to get? Unless you've got kind of a, a decent benefactor, like obviously Irving is down there, or can it be done smartly and maybe in the same way kind of town got into the Premier League, maybe with astute signs, you don't have to spend big money, or, or will the will the best players kind of go to the, the cash? I know it's like Buxton spending a lot this year, where a few other years they aren't. How's it kind of working out? How do you see it? Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm. Uh, this is the Yorkshireman in me coming out, you know. We're conservative, I think, and Brighouse Town and Quinny will know this from his days with us. You know, we're a conservatively run club, and and we're not big spenders. And I think, you know, when I took over the reins, that was very much my philosophy, really, and and wanting to continue that trend in terms of not over committing to anything. You know, and I think the big focal point for the, for, for certainly for Brighouse was um, how do we drive off the pitch revenue, you know, not just getting people through the gate, you know, what can we do to make money? So, you know, it does give us options. Um, you know, I'm proud to say that this is the first year that we've been in the black, you know, in many, many years in, you know, in the club's history. And that's not from me plowing a load of money in, because um, that's that's just an easy option to do. But that's, that's getting the club to a point where it's sustainable, it's self-sustainable, in regards to income versus expenditure through club funds. And, you know, there's many different ways of doing that. And, and it's, you know, a lot of it is about thinking outside the box. So, um, so yeah, it, 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 it's just making it to the point where, um, you know, we're not going silly because 
there's a lot of money flowing around non-league. You touched on Bux- Buxton there because, uh, you know, we, we drew uh, Buxton in the FA Trophy and, and if I'm brutally honest, we should have beat him. We, we should have beat him. And they've got Matt Kilgallen playing for them at centre-half, who's, the, who's their captain, ex-Leeds United, ex-Bradford City. We should have beat them, you know, on, on the day. Um, I think fitness maybe prevailed over us um, and, and, and they came through with a 2-0 win. But... <laughs> Personally, you know, until you start knocking on the door of the National North or, or, you know, knocking around that level, then, you know, budgets will... Does it shock you the money in in the game, James, at that level? Because some of the stuff I hear, it's like, God, I can't believe people fund it. I mean, benefactors will fund whatever, but it's like, I'm like, wow, it's, uh, it's crazy, man. Yeah, there's a lot of money floating around. There really is, but... Like, like Quinny said there, you know, our, our budget is probably very similar to Tadcaster. You know, we don't have the biggest budget in the league. Um, but then again, if you go two levels up, you look at someone like Bradford Park Avenue, their budget is not much more than ours, if I'm brutally honest. And, you know, they're two leagues above. And, yeah, OK, they've not, they've not had a particularly great time recently. But, um, and you've got Buxton League above who are throwing the money that they're throwing around. And it, it's, it's all relative. And I think, I, I think a lot of it is down to... You know, our recruitment, our management team, you know, our philosophy and culture of who we want to bring in. You know, our, our culture and philosophy is very much about, you know, building relationships with with senior pro clubs to do, you know, to to help us and, and also bringing in youngsters who need an opportunity. You know, that that is very much, uh, you know, the direction that we want to go in. Um, that being said, you know, um, Danny Racky was available, you know, it was an obvious conversations to have with Danny, you know, about bringing him to Brighouse Town. Um, I've known Danny a number of years and, um, you know, he's got a great CV. You know, there's no denying it at all. He's played Scottish Premiership football, you know, so to bring him to someone like Brighouse Town was a, in, in, in my opinion, is a bit of a marquee signing for the club in, in terms of his name. And, um, you know, we've had, to, we've had to spend a bit, but, you know, you do what you have to do, I, I guess, but within certain parameters and not going not going stupid silly and and that's and that's that's just the businessman in Cozzy in terms of you know um I don't want to put in hundreds of thousands of pounds because quite frankly my missus will have an absolute heart attack and I'll end up end up sleeping at the office so um but there's a way that that football clubs in you know I completely stand by this there's a way at our level football clubs can be successful um and make a, a small profit. You know, we're not going to make millions. Of course we're not. We don't have the fan base uh, to, to, to do that. And, you know, we don't have TV revenue. We don't have, um, you know, multiple corporate boxes and everything else to generate income. But, you know, we can be sustainable. And, and you know, and this 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 season, uh, certainly, sorry, last season has pr- certainly proved that, you know, we can make a small profit and, and we'll continue to do it. So it's just being conservative, really, not getting silly, you know, and lots of people push opinions onto you that this, Oh, you want to you want to you want to get this player on board and this that and the other and you know but what you know he wants five hundred quid a week and it's like whoa <laughs> you know let's let's be realistic about you know where we're at and, and know what we're at as as well really more importantly so with that in no, mind James really I think you've got oh no go Neil go sorry with, with, just with what, what you said there James with that in mind obviously you're you're all well into the season you got fans in something that obviously is fans of Huddersfield Town. We've had that sort of taken away from us since 
the start of lockdown, even though we're not actually seeing a live game, we're watching town. When you've got fans coming back in and obviously generating some income and you're getting fans from probably a local pro clubs coming and watching because they're craving some football, that's your chance as all three clubs to obviously gain and sort of pull a bit of support and some of those will stay permanently because of the disconnect with certain clubs. Mm. Um, now, does it feel like you just had rug totally pulled out because obviously you can't even play, never mind let fans in. And when you do go back to playing and there's no fans, how, how do your clubs survive? Because obviously players, etc., still need paying, don't they? Yeah. What you first? Um, Go. Yeah, as you say, I mean, we, we we've had we've got plenty of fans, like you say, where we're, we're also Huddersfield Town fans, um, right. and no denial of that. Um, but I think one of the big things that, that I said before is that the difference between going to Huddersfield Town and going to Gorky is is you can have a beer, and and a lot of, and a lot of fans that. A lot of fans and a lot of, a lot of, especially male fans, you know, they like to have a beer when they're watching football, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I think, as you say, if if we if we do obviously come out of lockdown and, and we're able to play and, and and we can't get fans in, um, then that's going to be a massive a massive hit for the clubs. Um, I know even though we were, we were only allowed three hundred, it's still you're still making your money behind the bar. In, in the in where they sell tea and coffee and sandwiches and stuff, you know, you know, you make money there. Um, so home game for Golker, you know, it, it, it's a highly profitable day for the club. Um, if you sell out crowd and, and 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 you're getting you're getting people having 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 drinks and and eating sandwiches and stuff, it, it's a really good day for the club. Um, and as I said, you add to that a really good game of football. You, you then you then in turn get the fans back. And yeah. so far, we've had some really good games so far at home. We've lost some, we've lost every game, like I said, but but the games we've played at home, I mean, we played Lower Breck from Liverpool, who, 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 who before lockdown last season, were, were winning the league by a country mile. We were 3-1 up with three minutes to go and we lost 4-3. So, you know, you know, just stuff like that. And obviously, it was disappointing that we lost, but, but it's, it's a spectacle for, 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 um, for people who, who have been missing football and obviously... This whole pandemic affecting the country—it's brilliant. Um, Great not value, so, isn't it? Not so much me when when manager. I mean, I mean, change room after like, but <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, it, like you say, it, it's brilliant, and and you know, people at the club who put all the hard work in um, during during the summer and during the week to get. I mean, like with the weather that we've had, we've had a few games at Goldcourt. We've had people going up, you know, during days and stuff, parking the pitch to get it right ready for the pitch inspection and, and people don't see that there's so many people at, at each and every club I believe in non-league with the work that they do gets unnoticed um, and I think that's one of the biggest thing that that's taken me aback is that um, just genuine people no egos who just want to do who just want to do right from the football club um, and from where I from where I've come from and how I've been brought up um, I, I believe I think you know, the league, the football higher up has just gone a little bit away from that, um, and that's that's what I that's what I've enjoyed the most since I've gone to Golko. What about Tadcaster, Quinny? Well, in terms of what it'll be like when we get yeah, back, if you go if you go back and there's you know you've gone from being able to drag people in from all over and 
probably getting Leeds fans and York and York fans might have you craving a bit of football and all of a sudden if you do go back and there's no fans you know how, how does that affect the club I, I, I honestly yeah, I've been thinking about this for the last few weeks but I, th- I think it'll be a big challenge for us to go back behind closed doors I, I just yeah. I'm not quite sure how that'd work um, I don't think, you know, I, think I don't think the clubs would do it for you would they no, I, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, if the clubs were offered, you know, something in terms of it's going to be a short term, couple of weeks, and you know, players might have to take a hit or whatever. But then you've got thing, you know, you've got, you know, we've got play, a couple of players on contract. Other clubs will have more than that on contract. Then there's all sorts of things there where people are, you know, accessing even at our level job retention scheme and stuff like. I, I just think it's an absolute minefield. So yeah, yeah, I think I think that'll be a huge challenge. I know from you know, obviously. The finance side of it really does interest me. I've always been interested in the business side of the, of the game. And I think, um, you know, if I was a chairman, I think, you know, I'd, I'd be looking at it and saying, saying, how can we, how can we make this work? But again, I think if the, if the game wanted to make it happen, I think there's enough money in the game. I think the, there's, you know, the football's a wash with money. Um, if we, if the powers that be wanted to drip some money down to our level, they could do. It's just somebody making the decision and somebody beating the drum loud enough. The National League clubs have got it. That's why they're still playing because there's been yeah. millions pumped into those uh, three divisions to keep it going. So is, um, there, is there literally zero support for clubs further down than that then? Nothing. As my understanding is there's zero money dropping down at the moment to support clubs in our situation. Um, there was and there's still running costs. There's still running costs. Yeah. There was a small grant, Neil, that was very small yeah. at the beginning of the season. But... <laughs> You know, once once you allocate it for repairs and pitch maintenance, yeah. there isn't anything left, and and you know, and it is a small grant. And I'm you not see, to me, it's it, just so. it's just it's amazingly short sighted because clubs like yours at your level are taking players on loan from professional clubs and helping bring those players on, and you know, giving them sort of men's minutes, if you like, rather than academy football all the time. And it just seems a crying shame and a bit of a a missed opportunity from the hierarchy of, of football to be dripping down and to be supporting clubs like yours because without step nine, eight, seven, six, five, football doesn't exist properly in this country because that's that's what it's all about, isn't it? That is I what it's that, all about. It's a bit of a it's a shambles, I think, really. I think going back to COVID, it's gonna be so complicated because your three divisions are so regionalized. So if this tier system comes in, what's the saying? You could Kirkley sounds like it's still in a mess, so that's a tier three. And then you've got maybe, I don't know, kind of Lancashire tiers and tiers. So they, you can play in tier two, tier three car, tier one. Like you said, it's just, how can it come back when you can play, you can't play? And it's just going to be chaos on that as well. Really, you're going to come in about uh, kind of connection between professional clubs and, uh, you know, kind of local clubs. Yeah, yeah. No, it's been really interesting, lads. It's uh, nice to not hear myself talk for once. Um, I just, we kind of, you kind of touched on it Um a bit in some of the answers but obviously I think the thing is for me you're all you know you're all fairly local clubs you're all in Yorkshire um and obviously we've got some some big teams in Yorkshire do you what's your kind of relationship like I know James we've spoke before about having players on loan and like like Cousin Neil mentioned them but have you guys got any support from kind of the bigger clubs um during any of this um we've got um, a goalkeeper on loan from Manchester United actually at the minute which is Pretty incredible, really. Um, you know, it's Manchester United, most decorated club in English football history. You know, it's phenomenal to sort of put those two names together, Manchester United and Brighouse Town, and very privileged to have a young lad um, 
young lad called Jacob Carney in, in between the posts, you know, for us. So, you know, that that's that's the goal, really. You know, we've we've, we've got to evolve and we've got to build relationships with with, uh, with with clubs from that level right down to 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 levels above us and even levels below us. You know, and I believe in building friendships in football. You know, it's not about creating enemies or um, upsetting people. You know, because you don't know when you need people on the way back down. And you know, building relationships is is, is a significant part of, of what we're trying to do. And um, yeah, you know, it, it, it's not easy breaking the door down and saying, "Hey, you know, can we uh, can we take a loan, you know, from you?" And oh, by the way, can you pay for him? <laughs> you know, it's it's quite difficult to sort of sell that to to the pro clubs. But you know, relationships are built over a period of time, and you know, we, we're we're quite fortunate to have to have several relationships which are which are key. And for many years, you know, Brighouse and Quinny, you'll know this from your days. You know, for a long time. Um, Brighouse had a, had a, a quite a special relationship with Halifax Town for, for a long, long time, and um, and that's great. But I think you know, if, if you're relying on one club, you're kind of beholden to them, and, and you know, as the senior club, they, they kind of do pull the strings, really. And I think certainly for us to to evolve and move forward, we we, we desperately needed to to form relationships with. With lots of other clubs, you know whether they're, you know, big relationships, little relationships, commercial relationships, just friendships, whatever it may be. And you know we've gone out there, and you know we, we we're really close with Bradford City and um, Rotherham United, Doncaster Rovers, Lincoln City, Salford City. You know Gary Neville is a secret fan of ours, so um, so that that helps. Um, you know, and obviously forming this relationship with a. You know the most decorated club in English football is is it's unbelievable. You know, I still have to pinch myself that we've we've managed to pull that off. But um, yeah, you, you know, it is it is massive. It it, it is so important for us to, to to do that. And you know, um, you know, continue. You know, I, I want I want Huddersfield Town first team next season at home. You know, in a friendly, I, I'd love that. Not not just. You know, people think from the finance point, it's not about that. Significantly, it's it, it's about the community. It's about you know Huddersfield and you know Brighouse coming together. You know, we're we should be their little brothers, really. Um, you know, we're HD six as a as a football club, and you know if, if you know if you if you if you want to look at like this, we're, we're the second second highest ranked side in 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 the HD postcode area. So, you know, for us to to continue to knock on that door is is quite important, really. And, you know, we'd love to get 2,000 fans, 1,500 fans down, you know, next pre-season and, and host the first 11 again, you know. Paul, uh, just kind of one for you. So I was reading about Gareth Southgate and he was kind of saying the pressure on him to, I think Mourinho's been having a pop at him. I was not managing some players and there's a lot of animosity kind of, we have a few managers taking it out. You know, they'd rather have these kind of players not playing international football, etc. So I'm kind of thinking from an angle from you. So when you get maybe get guys, I don't know, from maybe even York or even Leeds or some, you know, some. Do you, do you have to kind of nurture them different? Do, do they ask for kind of progress reports all the time? That obviously they're trusting you with their development. How does it kind of work, or do they just trust you? You've got a good enough reputation in your club as that they'll send them there. I think I think as James said, I think it is down to relationships and people trusting that 
the players are going to come out and get a good experience. But I'm sure I'm sure Lee Bromby won't mind mentioning this. But we had a player. Um, well, we've had a few players on loan from Huddersfield when I've been at Brighouse, Shawley, at um, my current club at Tadcaster. And um, Lee Lee said something to me last year actually about players coming out, and he said that. Um, it's not always about players coming out and doing well. Sometimes it's about players coming out and failing and then coming back to the club and reflecting on that and reflecting on the difficulties they've faced while they've been on out, out on a 28-day loan or a two-month loan. And I thought that was a good way of looking at it because, you know, it is part of a young player's education to come out and be in a senior changing room. And like Skazi said, you know, having the manager hold you up at half-time or give you a rollicking, you know, that that's, that's real football. And the transition for me and the, the role non-league football can play in transitioning players from an academy setting into senior football where there is a little bit more of that direct approach. I'm not just talking about the style of football, I'm talking about the way people will speak to you and the relationships and the hustle and bustle of the change room. And also playing for three points. You know, I think that's a big, big factor. Um, so I think the non-league game for me is, is massively important in some of these players' development. And I've got a little sort of a, a, a gripe at the moment, not a gripe, but a little bit of a concern at the moment because we deal with a lot of players as well that are with pro clubs, but we deal a lot with players that have just been released by pro clubs as well. And sometimes non-league clubs are, are, are that sort of ground where we're picking up the pieces as well, where a young lad's had their you know hopes and ambitions of becoming a pro sort of whipped from underneath them. And it, and it is sometimes down to clubs like Tadcast and Brighouse to pick some of those players up and actually build them back up again and get them to a point where they realise, you know what, this isn't the end of the road. I can still have a career. I can still progress here. And... Um, you know, I think that's an important part, but I think all the mental health stuff that comes with that and the psychological side that comes with that, and Joel know from his role at Sheffield United, I think the players that fall out of the game really do suffer. Um, you know, when they've been at a club from six-year-old to 18 and then they don't get a pro deal or they just get a one-year pro and then don't get anything else, it's tough. So we are a platform for them players to be able to pick themselves back up and get back into the pro game or even get themselves a decent non-league deal. You know, I won't, the National League now for me is a pro league. It's, it's division. That's league. It's league three. It's not league. You know, it's not a non-league setting. Even the National League, some of the National I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. North size now, I think Fowler full-time. There's probably three at York City full-time. You know, the, the pro game has come further and further down the pyramid. Um, so, well, yeah. Files ground, Paul. I bumped into that back. So when I went on a day trip to uh, Lytham and... Files. I thought, bloody hell, where's this? You have come to Blackpool. You're going to Blackpool, Lytham. You're just you're trying to be posh saying you're going to Lytham. Well, the way this ground is, like, you know how you are. And you're just like, yeah, well, yeah, I want to be posh. But just one for you. But I always find it interesting that, you know, obviously, you're 31 now, so knocking on and what have you. But in your kind of youth, if someone have offered you, like, kind of a, a loan to Brighouse or Tadcaster or something like that, mm. you, we see it a lot where kind of players go there for the season now. But 
were there some lads who were thinking, I can't be asked with that. I, I don't want to kind of step down to that level. Or did pretty much most people would uh, snap their hand off because they just want to like play on a Saturday and, uh, you know, enjoy the football? No, definitely. I think I think a lot of players that under 18s, under 23s, I think I think players are in that mentality where, oh, I don't want to go at that level. If I don't do well, what do I do if I don't do well? Whereas I think Quinny made, well, or Lee Rombis made a really good point there that, you know, sometimes if it doesn't go well, that's going to make them a new, and it's not going to make them a better player, but it's going to make them a better person. So how do they deal with that setback? How do they deal, how do they deal with going out to a club not doing very well when people have got question marks raised over them then? I think they're all players at under 18s and 23s. They're comfortable staying where they are and, and just playing for the under 18s or the 23s on a Saturday. Um, but they, they need to go out and they need to play. They need to experience playing for three points, you know. They need to experience where... I mean, to be fair, where we're at, at Sheffield United, it's really, really good. The 18s and the 23s have got... They've got good people in there where, you know, if, if, if they're not doing the jobs, they, they, they get told. Um, whereas at some clubs, I, you know, I, I don't know if that, if that really happens, where, it's, like you say, is, is it about... It, it's about player development, but it's also about getting that winning mentality into players. You know, because when you do step out, not everyone's going to make it at those clubs, at your, at your Sheffield United, at your Huddersfield Towns, at, your, at all these EFL clubs. So so when they do come out, they've got to have that mentality of wanting to win. And, you know, some of our games at this level, they're, they're not all nice and nice passing around the back. It's, it's hustle and bustle. It's it's a boggy pitch. It's it's windy. It's rainy. And, and you've got you know, to fight. What's, what's kind of the biggest kind of mistake... What are the things like if you could have your time again or you see young lads what, when they don't make it? I know some of the people say it's, you know, it's unlucky or what have you, but what are the biggest pitfalls that you see? Is it just the, the trappings or the lifestyle I, or, is it, or is it not like, I, no dedication? I genuinely believe one of the biggest things is when when lads who go from the youth team to the first team, see, when when I'm in the youth team and I'm sure sure the lads, everyone on here will agree vouch me when you're in the youth team you do morning session afternoon session you're doing extras you're doing gym you're doing as soon as I think someone gets a break or they, they make the first team debut it seems to stop that seems to stop they, they want to live that first team lifestyle when not lifestyle but first team where they train in the morning they'll do a little bit and they'll be home um, but you have, you have to work even, even harder um, and the one thing that I want the one thing that I tried to pride myself on was being the hardest worker. Be, being there, being the hardest worker. If I'd done in the morning, I made sure I was there in the afternoon and I made sure that I was trying to make myself better. And if I didn't make myself, if it didn't work, it didn't work, but I'd, at least I'd given my all. Um, and that was one thing when I stepped out of the game at, at, at Berry, obviously with all the money situation, that, that I, I, looked in, I looked myself in the eye and I just said, you know what, I've given myself, I've given it everything. Um, you know, and that's all I that's all I wanted to do. But I think lads who are coming through the system, do they give it everything? Do they get complacent? Are they are they willing to go out to a big house or a tag caster or the clubs at that level and go on loan and and play on a Tuesday night away at Bridlington where they're getting back at midnight? Um, I mean, I think at Golka we're a bit we we need to progress to the next level and 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 the level that. That obviously Quinny and James are at to, to maybe get to maybe be able to get players on loan from these bigger clubs because I think Gold Club, what eighteen months ago was still an amateur club. They've only just come into the semi-pro game, um, and what they've done in, in eighteen months 
is, is remarkable, really. But we that's our aim now to get to the to get to to the level that Brighouse and Tadcaster were at to then hopefully be able to get players in from from the Huddersfields, from from the Yorks, from the Leeds, um, and get them in and get, and get them some experience. Because at the minute, you know, obviously we've asked questions and things, but it's you know. If, if I'm being honest, if a player's got an opportunity to go to Brighouse or Tadcaster or go to Goldcar, you're probably going to go to Brighouse, Brighouse or Tadcaster, and, and that's just and, and, and that's that's probably right for them as well. All I just like sorry, no, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna add. I think in terms of loan players as well as as Joe said, I think um, from a manager's perspective as well, it's a it's a, sometimes a catch twenty two because you want to strike a good relationship with a pro club, but. You're also sometimes taking, obviously you'll do your homework and you'll watch them in academy games and you'll get a report from the academy manager on what they're like and what their attributes are, but you don't actually know how they're going to respond when they come into that senior environment. And obviously from a manager's perspective, when you've got three points on the line and you know you need a win or you know, you're playing an important cup game, it can be a little bit of a difficult situation where you know, you're thinking, I don't know if I can play this player, I don't know if he's ready, he might just have to have two or three games where he's with us, but he's on the bench, you know, and I, I think you've got to have that transparency with the club that this is the situation. Like I said, with the example with Huddersfield, that was refreshing for me to feel pressurised that he's got to come out and play X amount of games or X amount of minutes. We just see how it goes and feel pressurised that he's got to come out and play X amount of games or X amount of minutes. We just see how it goes and, you know, we treat him as we would any other player, which I think is important. Well, I think I when was, you... When you like when you when you get that trust and that relationship with a club, you know, like like obviously Quinny's got and and like Brighouse, obviously with with the, with the lad that they've got from Manchester United, I mean that's fantastic. You know, you know clubs clubs are then willing to send the players out to you on a regular basis, um, and they know that they're going to get treated well. They know that like they can train at Huddersfield or they can train at Man United in the day, can't they as well? Quinny and James, I imagine. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so they're not, they're not missing out on any, any of the development in that sense. And then, as you said, they know that they're getting looked after at the clubs that they go to. And I think that's really important. And that's something um, at Golka that, that we're striving to do to get that way. You've got a trust, you've got a certain trust with a football club, ideally a local football club, where, where, where they're willing to give you the, long, the young players and know that they'll get a good experience. Yeah, oh, I just want to. Sorry. Oh, sorry, sorry I just wanted to ask, lads, because obviously we're a, we're a Huddersfield Town podcast, and it's, it's good to have you on. But what's your relationship like with the club? Because um, I'm I'm sure you know our listeners would be keen to know. Um, well, I'm Huddersfield lad. I'm Huddersfield fan. Um, I'm lucky enough that my, my granddad was a former manager as well, so um, that, that's you know a real proud connection for me. That it was I was not disappointed, but when we got into the Premier League, I always had the mantle that my granddad was the last manager to. Managed us feel at the top flight, so that was uh, that was sort of like my mum's mum's mantra. And then when Wagner got us up, that was that was gone. So, um, but yeah, Huddersfield's flipping, you know, really really important part of my life. And um, you know, wasn't lucky enough to play from like Joe was, but uh, they're my home club and always will be. You know, and it's the first fixture I look for after after I've got off the pitch to see how town have gone on. And then the next one is hopefully that Leeds have lost as well. So if Taddy have won and Huddersfield have won and Leeds have lost, it's a great day. We get the red wine out and we celebrate. <laughs> James, is your relationship good with us uptown? Like CHD6 postcode, but I don't, from the outside looking in, obviously, Uptown, in my opinion, has lost a bit of a connection with its fans. And I don't think it's just going down. I think we've lost some big characters and, you know, in the club. And to me, I don't think there's the connection between 
the the club and its fans, the club and its maybe businesses and stuff. Is that does that come across non-league as well, mate? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not a town fan um, to be to be completely honest, but it's a club that I have grown to love over the last last ten years, and um, they are my second team to be perfectly honest, and um, it, it's frustrating the way that they're they've conducted themselves, if I'm brutally honest, in, in the community. Um, I think that it's a real shame, and I'll, I'll, I'll say this, that some great people have gone from, from the club. Um, but look, you know, I, I'm quite fortunate. I, I got to know Phil Hodgkinson uh, reasonably well um, when he was taking over Huddersfield, and I was sort of in the same position taking over Brighouse. You know, at a similar time actually, and we, we we got to know each other relatively well. And I, I knew Phil um, as a commercial partner um, when you know my business was was a commercial partner, and and, and his was as well. So we, we built up a, a bit of common ground, really. But you know, Phil's 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 a good guy, and I, you know, I, I've got a lot of time for Phil, and and obviously he wants to take it in in a new direction, Huddersfield Town Football Club, and you know, and. Um, he owns a club. It's his baby, isn't it? You know, you know. With the greatest of respect, if I buy a house, I want to be able to decorate it the way I want to decorate it. And and I think that's that's it's difficult because football is, um, you know, we're all football fans un- underneath as well, and it's difficult to to appease everybody. And I think Philly's trying his best, but I just think some of the recruitment that's gone on is is not great not great at all and um yeah I, I don't know you know i think that for me i think things need to change down there i think there's some people that need to go um and yeah you know and and, and try and get back to to the relationship that they had with the fans and the community and and you know certainly something that i've experienced for a long time over the last few years is is that Affinity. I mean, Uddersfield Town, and I tell you, I tell you, I put this on record, guys. Uddersfield Town was absolutely envied by Premier League clubs. It really was in terms of their connectivity with the community, how they interacted with the fan base. Um, you know, the Huddersfield Town Foundation, the Huddersfield Hundred. You know, it was it was the envy of, of lots of clubs at, at, at the Championship level and and, and 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 at the Premier League level. So to see that kind of dwindle. Is 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 disappointing to say the least, and um, yeah, I um, I just hope I, I just hope the whole the, the attitudes change a little bit down there, and you know, and and, and come through. And I don't want to be not be too unprofessional with my comments, but you know, it, it, it's just not what it were three four years ago. And I think you know the, the time will come again, and you know, and um, yeah, the time will come again, and I have no doubt about that at all. But Huddersfield Town are a large town in West Yorkshire. It, unfortunately, it's a it's a working class town. We don't have the commerce that that Leeds or Manchester or Liverpool does in terms of in terms of the business community. And what they built with that Huddersfield Hundred um, platform was just unbelievable. You know, unbelievable. And um, credit where credit's due, and you know. It has dwindled, and I think that's down to personalities, really. Joe, obviously, 
this is must not people in the club or know people. How have you seen kind of Uddersfield Town and its connection with the community? Do you agree with James that it's lost its way a bit? Um, yeah, I do, but obviously, you know, I'm not really experienced in that in that kind of thing, you know, and and you know, I don't really look into that too much. I just I'm just grateful for Huddersfield Town and what it's done for me. Um, you know, I joined that club when I was seven years old. Um and it and it developed me not just as a footballer but as a person. You know, it brought it, it I grew up the right way at that football club. I've got a lot of people to thank for that. Um the coaches that, that had me there, um the people that were there when I was when I was at the club. So Huddersfield Town is a club that I support. It's not my first club, I support Blackburn because my family's from over there. But yeah, I have I have an, I have a real really good or I have an affiliation with a football club now that I'll I'll always look out for their result and and when the club's doing well, it makes me happy. So because because that's that's all I know because it it, it, it gives me the, the love for football that I've got. Fifteenth of November, two thousand and eight, mate. I know Mikey Collins texted me on that. Um, what is it? <laughs> twelve years ago. I couldn't believe oh, it. Mate. We were in that yeah. cheese wedge, going losing yeah. our SHIT, mate. It was one of the greatest. Uh, did you chuck? Well, you took your shirt in, didn't you? You were one of those that threw your shirt in at the end, didn't you? Jim yeah, Bradley. I won, yeah. yeah, but no, as you say, it, it's a club that you know. As as, as Quinny said, there, it's, it's a club that I'll always look out for. Um, and I, you know, it, I've loved football since the day that I stepped into. I love football, obviously, when I was young, but that game, the love for football, and 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 the job that I've done for the past, obviously. 13 years since I started professionally at 17. So, what well, I've just got good words to say about the football club. That's good. Paul, I want to ask you now. So, when I went to Basefords, their manager Steve Chettle, who was a decent centre-half. Uh, but I stood behind the scab dugout and Dan Kelly's their manager. And he was just, he was shouting at people for 90 minutes, Paul. And, and he won't get, no one were listening. Nobody cared. Apart from a young lad who looked like he was like 14 years old, who obviously kind of had to listen to him. So, he probably wouldn't get another game. Like with local cricket, it's really difficult being a captain because sometimes you're scratching about day before a game, two days before a game with your team and stuff. How difficult is it to manage at your level in, you know, with people getting off work? You know, can you injuries and stuff? Not even throwing in COVID and stuff now. How tough is it to be a manager now? Maybe compared to a few years ago. Or do, I know you'll probably enjoy it because you do it, but it's how, how hard is it at non-league level? It's a it's a full-time job. Um... It's, it, you're, it's every day, it's seven days a week. Your phone's constantly going. I, I have a rule with the players. I said to them, don't contact me on a Sunday, um, you know, because it's the only day I've got off. If you need to contact anyone, I, I delegate the physio to do that. They get in touch with the physio. And if there's any issues, they get in touch with Abbey. Um, but yeah, it, it's tough. It's um, But, you know, I, I'm in the game because I absolutely love it. You know, I'm passionate about the game. I'm passionate about trying to develop people. Um, but yeah, it's full on. Um, we are lucky, I think, as, as my managerial sort of pathways evolved, you know, I think you get a sniff of players that are going to waste your time and and not be committed to it. And you've got to have people alongside you, your management staff, everybody plays that are 100% committed. You can't have people dipping the toe because it just doesn't work for me. Um, and that, that's tough because, you know, they're not on a full-time wage. You're asking them to come in three times a week. We're asking them to go above and beyond. But as Scarzi said there, I think if you get a group of players that have got that mentality that they want to push themselves and better themselves and do things away from the training ground, 
you know, you can't go uh, far wrong. But yeah, it's difficult. It's, uh, it's a difficult role. But I won't comment on Daz Kelly because I know Daz really well and uh, we, we, we actually share the same training facility on a Tuesday and Thursday night. So I've got a really good uh, relationship with Daz. And he's, a, he's an excellent coach and, uh, you know, he had, he's, had it, he's had it tough in the first job and then did really well at Hyde. And, um, you know, I'm sure he'll do a great job at, at Scarborough. But just going back to the Huddersfield thing as well, I think um, just reflecting on what Scars and James are saying, I think for me as a Huddersfield fan as well, if somebody had said to me 10 years ago, five years ago, that you were going to see Huddersfield Town in the top flight in the Premier League for two seasons, I'd have absolutely bitten the hand off. And um, I think football has its ebbs and flows. And I think we will get back to, to what we're good at and what, what's central to us. I think we have lost as way a little bit, but I think that's football. And, you know, there's, there's clubs that you look down the history have been relegated from the Premier League and end up having multiple relegations. So I think it's, for me now, it's about stabilising, isn't it? And also for Huddersfield fans as well, not getting too carried away thinking we're a a big Premier League club because we've had a couple of seasons in there. You know, for me, we're a, we're a championship club and we want to do well at that level. And if we get another promotion, great. But we've got to be realistic, like James said, in terms of the area and the, the geography of it and everything. Um, yeah, just on a, on a side note there. Paul, how much did uh, your dad play in a part for you being a manager and kind of how much has he influenced you? It's giving you advice and stuff. How does he kind of keep out of it? And obviously, yeah. Ian Greaves, you were mentioning earlier to most yeah. people, that absolute legend of Huddersfield Town. It's, it's almost kind of like just down the family chain, really, that you ended up being a manager. But or did they did they keep kind of keep out of it? Sunday lunch was interesting anyway, when they were my dad and my granddad and me sat around the table <laughs> and I was a player, you know, a young player at the time. And um, yeah, my granddad was obviously like a fantastic role model. Some of the stories he had about when he was at Huddersfield and the way he used to deal with the likes of Frank Worthington and how we trained when he was playing for United, you know, they trained on the car park and, you know, telling me the stories about the 58 stuff and, you know, unbelievable really. And then obviously seeing my dad firsthand, I used to go to pretty much every Emily game, every Auchenham game, be sat on the coach, you know, listening to the players and listening to the dialogue and then almost sat in the change room. It was unbelievable really to get that experience and it's sort of, you look at it and you're soaking all that in as you're going along, you know, and for me, football's about, I remember a couple of standout moments Obviously, Emily getting to Wembley. Um, Alchenham played Chester in, I think, the second round of the FA Cup at home. And I remember going that night, I think I was about 11, and the atmosphere was just absolutely electric um, for a non-league club to get that far. And for me, that's why I'm in football. You, you, you're striving for those moments all the time and you, those highs. And, you know, James will have had it with a playoff win last season or the season before, rather. And, you know, we've, we've had a half-decent FA Cup run this year. And you, you play for those big moments, don't you? And I think Scarsy will probably agree with that as well. You the, the buzz you get off those moments feeds the next game, and, and even the disappointment from a defeat for me when you when you lose a game it fuels you. Um, you know, I'm even more determined to get to the next game, next training session to try and improve. And it's a bit people say it, no, it's a little bit like a drug, and I think I think it is because the highs are so good, the lows are so low. But the best advice I had my granddad said, you know, try not to get too high when you win a game, which is easier said than done, and try not to get too low when you lose one. And I think that's that's pretty good advice for life in general, um, if you can stick to that. That's easier said than done, by the way, when you score a last-minute winner and you're running on pitch and <laughs> jumping on top of somebody. But, yeah, so, no, it was, it was it was a good sort of breeding ground seeing my granddad and my dad obviously go through that. And, um, yeah, it was it was inspirational, really. James, if I could give you a magic one, where do you want Brigas to be in five years? I don't really necessarily mean, you know, National League North or whatever, but just as a, as a club would just... just maybe more entrenched in the community with kind of bigger support, more established? Yeah, um, we're in the middle of a project at the minute, actually. We, we, we want to build five pillars for the club. Um, you know, we've got men's section, 
men's first team, women's. Uh, I just, I just want to shout out to our women's team, actually, guys, and, and just say how proud I am of, of Brighouse Town women. They are absolutely fantastic. And um, Rob Mitchell's done a phenomenal job uh, with our women's team. And he really has. And, um, you know, we, we are West Riding County champions, albeit by default still, because of COVID declaring null and void last year because we won it the year before. But, you know, we're the best team in West Yorkshire. We're in the same league as Leeds United in women's football. It's phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. And, and yeah, so big shout out to, to, to Robin and, and the women's team, but boys and girls. And, and the fifth pillar that I want to try and build uh, within the club is a disability section, Brighouse Town FC Disability. And and that's that's a really big key part of, of me personally anywhere in, in terms of the work that I do in the community and, and in the third sector um, and creating that that particular sector within the club is 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 massive. So yeah, in order to answer your question, cause in a bit more detail, but it, you know, we we really want to tap into that Uddersfield market, the Uddersfield town fan. You know, we really want to tap on to to the Halifax town fan and the Bradford City fan and be and be their second club. That's that's what we want. You know, we've had some fantastic gates this season. Um, you know, we're allowed up to four hundred, and we'd be getting up to four hundred in terms of maximum capacity and it's fantastic and it's you know and, and, and there's an argument i know people are going to say well covid has accelerated that and, and supported that with not going to the professional game but my argument is um let's take advantage of it you know let, let, let's let's showcase non-league football to to the casual fan or to the to the to the armchair fan if you like and and we had uh, we had jack carroll uh, the co- famous comedian come down uh, who lives in brighouse um, for a couple of games uh, just before th- this recent lockdown, and, um, and I know Jack is a, is, a, is a Leeds United fan. He's quite a, quite a vocal Leeds United fan on Twitter actually for for his uh, for his faults. And um, and I asked him, um, I said, "Why have you come down?" He said, "I live in Brighouse, and I need to get that football fix. I need I need to watch football." And and that was brilliant, you know. And, and that was brilliant to get you know such a you know quite high fo- high profile. Um, famous individual come down to the club and you know and, and but that but that's the real sort of long-term goal for us is is to push that brand out there and and keep growing that name of Brighouse Town and you know I'll talk the back legs off a donkey because you know I'll, I'll do anything mate I'll just constantly push it out as much as I possibly can because I think people need to be aware and I'm not just doing it for Brighouse Town selfishly but doing it for you know the likes of Marine you know, who have, who have made the FA Cup second round. Unbelievable. Scalmersdale, who have, who have unfortunately got knocked out in the first round of the FA Cup. This is putting non-league on the map. Um, and we want to, you know, and I'm sure sure Scars and Quinny will, 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 will echo uh, me, me thoughts and me comments here about, you know, there is an alternative to the professional game and, and it's non-league football. And, and I can't emphasise that enough. Don't get me wrong. I'm a massive professional football fan. I'll watch anything on Sky or BT, you know, if it's on, I'll watch it. And uh, cause I'm just a huge football fan anyway, but you know, I just, I just really urge people to come and just watch Taddy, Golka, Emily, Liversidge, Brighouse, you know, anything, you know, just to, just to really appreciate um, the athleticism more than anything. Um, the ability, the talent that, that's on offer. And not only that, you know, 15 quid, you can get a ticket, have a pint and a pie in a program, you know, so it's not yeah. my value either. The community links, like you said there, James, one thing, I mean, I, 
I can watch quite a bit of Scarborough. They've got Andy's Man Club on their uh, away shirt, which is absolutely fantastic. And Joe, you touched on it there that, you know, kind of about lads who've dropped out of professional, maybe having a struggle kind of mentally with stuff. And it was mm. interesting. I'd, I don't know if you were at Call Class, your apologies if you were, but I kind of read that amazing story about the two lads coming back from the away game at, ooh, God, I had it written down, it Darwin or somewhere. But basically, they stopped a 19 year old kind of jumping off the bridge. And don't yeah. I just think that it's like, I mean, Neil, you. Brighouse, you opened the first Andy's Man Club proudly this week. Don't you think like the community, the amateur football as well, has got such a big part to play on this, giving people their, you know, whether it's players, you know, fans, everyone can kind of tap into this community, really. Mm. Do you know what, Cosy? And I'm just going to say this, you know, I, I go around the ground every, every home game and even obviously on away games, chatting to fans and, and people, and it's the live for it. It's the Saturday, and I can name I can name a dozen fans at Brighouse who unfortunately are on their own, or um, they live in, in in some type of accommodation or, or or care, and 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 their goal is to get to there at three o'clock on Saturday, and it's fantastic. It, it's just so touching and endearing. James, it's so true. I was at uh, Glossop North End for my sins on that Saturday when Boris announced we were going into a no lockdown. And, and we were, it was just like minutes. I remember it was announced at five and there were like 10 minutes of the game going. They were, God, that's it for a month. I, I don't know how I'm going to get, get by. And it was really kind of touching and emotional, really, that these kind of fellas, it's like no release now. And, and like you said, some of them might live in a home or it's just, you'd, it just made me realise walking out of there, this is, it's more than just like watching Manchester City on telly or what have you. This is, this is what football's about. It's people's release. It's people's something. We've said it a million times, Cosy. We've said it a million times about town and, and the sort of link to the community. And I think being proud of a football club is a lot more than three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. Being proud of your football club about what they do in the community, how they, how they involve the community and how, how they get the local community involved within the club and make it feel like their club. I mean, town, obviously, Andy's man club stuff, town, town have been brilliant with that. Cart Fulton, but obviously I've got um, clubs on here. We had a date, Golka last season, set aside for Andy's Man Club, which were fantastic, raised a load of awareness there. Uh, Brighouse, knew all too well, done me a day down at Brighouse last season, absolutely fantastic. They've got um, Andy's Man Club board up at side at pitch now, which is brilliant. And James actually helped us find the, the venue that we got for when we opened Brighouse Andy's Man Club this week. It was uh, somebody that James knew quick phone call and after we'd been on the phone and 20 minutes later we've got a venue for Andy's Man Club Big House and we had 25 guys turned up there on Monday, eight, eight for the first time, all getting stuff off the chest and, you know, having that release and that all came about in Big House from the local football club getting involved in helping us out. So that's, football has got the power to do a lot of good and again, that's why I said earlier on, I touched on that Clubs like Brighouse and, and Tadcaster and, and Golka are massive to local communities, absolutely massive. And I think it's, I think it's really poor of the football authorities to sort of hang them all out to dry. I think, because... yeah, I agree. And I think, I mean, we've got obviously at, at our level as well. I mean, it's not just it's not just the fans and that; it's the players as well. You know, yeah. a lot of our lads at Step Six they, they work all week and. They work all day on a Tuesday to, to, to play on a Tuesday night or a Saturday at three o'clock. You yeah. do. 
I mean, I, I know how much the lads are missing it now. And, you know, that might be their release, you know, from an hard week at work playing on a playing at three o'clock in front of 300 people. I mean, we've said it a few times in warm-up when we, we're getting a little huddle and stuff. And, you know, f- the, the football league clubs that can't have fans at the minute and, and, we've, and we're there with 300 fans. And, and it's honestly, it's incredible sometimes, you know, like Brighouse and Mr. James is there about them getting 400. You know, a lot of our lads, and I think they'll all agree with me when I say this, is, it's, you know, it's their main part of the week. You know, yeah. they, work, they work to play on a Saturday afternoon at three o'clock and have a few beers with lads after and go through fines about someone having some, some I don't know, someone doing something horrendous in a game or something where you got megged or keeper throwing one in for us. Yeah. Um, it's, no, it's part of it's, 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 it's the life, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It it's really the life. They, they, they live for that. They live for that camaraderie, and it's not even about the ninety minutes. It's about the camaraderie where you play yeah. with and teammates Quinn, and fans. And I think Quinny said a, a really good thing there, where it's about, you know, at this level, it's about if you've got that mentality as a group and you've got that, and you've got a really good group of lads. I mean, at Golka, we think we started training on June the twenty eighth, and we had no idea when the season was going to start. You know, I. Um, the manager's Ash and Gav messaged me saying, look, 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 guys, the lads want to start. They just want to train. They just want to train on a Tuesday and Thursday night. Not only about what getting paid, they just want to train because yeah. they need to train. They need to yeah. be doing something. Normality. And I think we've all craved that in his own way, haven't we, over this last mm-hmm. however long. And when there doesn't seem any end to it, obviously, Quinny, you were saying earlier on about how, you know, you just, you've had the meeting and you just want to crack on and get on with it and, yeah. There's, there's no reason why at that level it couldn't just carry on as it was doing. Joe, no. can I ask you... Come on. Sorry, Neil. Yeah. Barry, you've been there twice. Yeah. What... How do you feel about what happened there? Yeah, obviously, it were, you know, my first time at Bay were amazing. Um, went there when I left the field, it was amazing. I loved it. Um, and the second time I came, when I came back, you know, it, it was more of a family decision. I went down in Oxford, um, and I, my little girl was due to start, start school the next year, so I wanted to come back and get settled back up north near my family and, and get really settled into school up here. Um, obviously, went back to Bury and it didn't work out, and it, it devastated what happened to the club, um, and it left a little bit of a, a sour taste on obviously how my first spell went. But obviously, Quinny's a good mate then. Uh, Welsh is the manager there now of the, of the kind of re- reformed club of Berry. Um, we played them the game before lockdown. And, and you know, the things that they're doing at that club now, they play at Radcliffe, it, it's fantastic what they're doing. Um, and I think, Quinny, you'll, you'll know quite probably more than me about how, well, how much Welsh is enjoying it there. And, and they're probably one of the clubs in step six, I think. I mean, I said about Golka getting loan players. I think Berry have got that. They've got that pull to potentially get players in. I think they've got a lad on loan from Stockport. Um, this is the gig lane club, is it, Joe? This is another one, isn't there? This, isn't there yeah. The second one. Yeah. So this, no, this is the one that's kind of. It's got all the Berry fans. Uh, AFC Berry right. managed by Andy Welsh, um, and that's kind of they play at Radcliffe. So I, I, I believe that you know. If, if, if they could have fans now, they'd be getting 2,000 fans. Uh, they really would. You know, all the Berry fans are now, are now supporting this club. Um, if, if Berry does reform at Gig Lane, I can't see him getting any fans. Um, just because I think that, 
obviously the chairman who's still in charge of Gig Lane, who still owns the stadium. Um, the fans despise him because of what happened, and, and rightfully so. So, so what they're doing at this new club, like I say, with, uh, with Andy Welsh as a manager, it's fantastic. And and they would, if, if we were allowed fans and we were allowed as many fans as we could, they'd be getting 2,000 a week. Their social media following, interestingly, is larger than some yeah. National League clubs. Yeah, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's incredible. Absolutely yeah. incredible. James? Yeah. Um, I won, Brady, sorry. Uh, sorry, I just wanted to ask, lads, because, I mean, we really appreciate you coming on. Um, how, how, can, how can we, like, get involved as fans, obviously? I imagine it's coming down, but um, just, just ticket, for all our listeners, how can we help out? Buy a season ticket, Brady. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, Quinn and James, I'll be there on Boxing Day at your game. We've not got a game, so I'm there. <laughs> Make sure there's paying, beers. Make sure the there. beer's on. Yeah. <laughs> Alcohol, better be waiting for him, man. <laughs> James, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McKelney at Wrexham, does that excite you? Does that worry you? It just seems to me, it sounds good in theory, but the reality, or I'm a bit of an old traditionalist, me a bit, ooh, I'm scared, but what's your thoughts on that? Is it good? I think it's bonkers, to be honest, um, in a good way. I think it's great for football. I really do. And I think that, <laughs> look, I, I, did a, I did an interview in The Courier um, uh, last week, uh, you know, just about sort of my experience with, with running a football club and, um Quinny might not believe me, but apparently I'm the youngest chairman in football from Premier League down to our level, allegedly, allegedly. And, you know, and I, and I put, <laughs> yeah, and I put, I put a line in there, was true. And, and I, put, um, I put a statement in there and, and I said, look, it's every boy's dream, you know, every boy's dream to, to work in football, whether you've, you've had a career like Joe or, you know, you're managing a club with what Quinny's done or, or even in my position, you, you know, it is everybody's dream to work in football. It's a fantastic privilege to, to be able to be part of, of, of the game. And, you know, and I think with what the guys are doing over at Wrexham, they've, they've clearly read my article and thought, right, we're going to buy Wrexham. It is everybody's dream. But I don't know. Look, I think it's good. I think it's good for English football. I think it's good that they, you know... Welsh football. You know, Welsh, <laughs> yeah, Welsh football. Welsh football, English football. Um I think I think it's good, you know, and I think that um, I'll certainly be trying to get hold of their uh, their PR team to, to try and fix a friendly up for sure, because I think we'll just get we'll get ten thousand fans down the line just for Ryan Reynolds, I think. But um, but yeah, you know, good on him, good on him, and it's great. And, and a good friend of mine, Jake Lawler, uh, was at Wrexham, um, who, who's who, who, who's left now and gone to Harrogate, and he speaks very highly of them as a club. So I'm not surprised they've been they've been bought and invested in and. Uh, you know, good on him. Good on him, really. Paul, just going to kind of close it down in a, a few minutes, but Harrogate Town, uh, incredible story, really. Uh, are they kind of the benchmark for everyone as well? Or is there kind of still some people jealous kind of looking at it thinking, well, hang on a minute, they've got a bit of a benefactor uh, to the manager's dad. But it's like, it's incredible. I remember when they played guys, it must have been a good five, six years. I went, they were boxing there. I don't think we had a game, Town, and... Uh, Geisley were mounted in a pyramid kind of than, than Harrogate and it's amazing what's happening but the best thing is they're, they're, the exposure they've had this year I think they've been on telly about four times they play some great football and I don't think it's the, they don't feel it's the end of the story so it, it's why not why can't they push up it gives up for everyone doesn't it 
yeah, I think it's a I think it's a brilliant story. And regardless of whether they've got benefactor or not, people jealous or not, you know, I, I don't get I don't really get that mentality. I think um, one of the key things for me, and this, this might sound biased as a manager, but Simon's been there eleven years, so there's some longevity there. And I think um, we're in a culture now where you know, management teams and coaches, even at our level, they're chopping and changing all the time and you can't get any continuity, you know. Just think back to my time at Brigham, and I were there five and a half years and it gave me time to bed things in and it takes time. It takes a long time to to get a culture of a club the way you want it. So having Simon there and, you know, having that continuity and that identity and building that identity over time, I think is massively, massively important. Obviously having that strong relationship with your chairman as well, which Simon's obviously going to have with his father being chairman, I think is really important as well. That, that management manager chairman relationship is absolutely critical. You know, I think if you've got a good working relationship, you're open, you're talking all the time. That that's massively important. But I think, yeah, I think James talked about early in the call. You know, you look at that and anything's possible. That's that's the magic of football. You know, if you if you believe in yourself and you keep persisting and you know you, you overcome the obstacles, anything is possible in the game. And um, you know that that's what I'm in it for. Man, in it to try and get as high as I possibly can. I want to try and do that with Tadcaster. Scarsy wants to try and get. Golker as high as he can while he's there and James wants to try and progress Brighouse and that's the beauty of football I think it gives everyone hope um, it gives you a kick in the bollocks as well now and again but um, it, gives, it gives you the hope and uh, that, that's why we all love and that's why we keep going back on a Saturday three o'clock as a fan as a manager as a player because we just want that next little moment don't we where we can reflect back on it and talk about it and um, you know it's a great great game to be involved in and every day that I'm involved in it and, you know, I try not to take any of them for granted no matter what crap's thrown you away you you try and get on with it. But yeah, Harrogate for me, been brilliant, aren't they? And the story just seems to continue and continue. And they've got some, you know, good players there. Back to John Stead's obviously gone there now. And Aaron Martin's gone there from, uh, well, not straight from Brighouse, but was only at Brighouse 18 months ago, two years ago. Um, so they've got a blend, haven't they, in terms of players that are coming back up through the non-league, experienced pros. Um, so yes, yeah, it's, it's been great to see. And that's the platform, isn't it, though, Quinny? You know, where, you know, you, you mentioned some players' names there who are now playing in League Two. EFL football and it's and it's and it's an advert it's an advert for our level yeah. you know and it really is and you know long may it continue really and you know I just want to touch on Arrogate if I may and what a journey man I mean just unbelievable and I'm, and I'm so pleased for him and proud for him I've, I've had privilege of getting to know them anywhere uh, outside of football uh, through business just a real nice bunch of people you know Joe mentioned about Burry earlier with with the new guy well sorry the before they before they collapsed and you know there was a lot of lot of unrest and you know disruption at Bury and 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 you know you do meet some assholes unfortunately in football and whether it's professional level or non-league and um you know just really good people Arrogate and I wish them every success in the world and watch this space because the what they're yeah. not off the playoffs I think so the bit was, as a fan you mentioned there but talking as a fan you, you love to see I mean a couple of examples at town they got Danny Schofield in from Brodsworth Miners Welfare years ago. Ian Dunn came in randomly from Goal. And it's great to see these people, these lads, young lads, get a chance at football league. And it's mm. great to see, you know, lads from T- Brighouse and Tadcaster, you know, getting chances to move in. in, in, in the middle. That's, know, that, that's what football know. is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. They, the BT Spot documentary on Alligate was so enlightening because it told you everything yeah. why the, the success the togetherness there, you knew after, I mean, obviously we knew they'd gone up anyway, but after that semi-final that they'd won, you knew they'd beat Notts County. Even though before pretty much everyone would have backed Notts County to win that, you knew in there just just the way they behaved, the 
it was incredible, like doing the COVID tests in the the kind of blow, thing, and they blow them away as well, didn't they? Incredible, they absolutely man. And, uh, murdered them. Yeah, it gives up for all. What are you guys doing on Saturday anyway? Uh, you must be at a loose end. Scars, are you going Sainsbury's, Tesco, Asta? <laughs> um, to be fair, to be fair, I won't lie to you. I've had some lads over in the garage doing like an in garage, and I'm outside doing a workout with them. So some lads have come over to do a bit of gym stuff. Um, just because, like I said, Dad, you know, they want to do something. If they're not doing something, then, then they're going to drive themselves at wall. Yeah. So obviously I'd look, we'd, we'd love to go to a field and, 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 and do it like a, I don't know, a distance session or something, but you can't because the risk, the risk is too much. So I've had a few lads come over where one lad will come at nine or, and then the next one will come at quarter to 10 and, you know, they just don't treadmill or they don't bike in, in garage. Um, just, just have a little chat with them, just, just so they can let off a bit of steam from the week. Um, and I think, well, all, well, all agree, we're just itching to get back and itching. I think the one thing that's really frustrated everyone and frustrated myself the most is that we can't even trade. Um, we obviously we understand we can't play, but the fact that we can't train, it's just even more frustrating. Um, and I, I think I, I, think, I mean, I've, I've been working at Handsworth tonight. I don't, are they in your league, Quinny? And are they in your leagues or not? They're in uh, Northern Counties Premier thing. Yeah, and they're, 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 the lad, the lad who owns Handsworth tonight said that they've been told that when when we come out of lockdown, there their first feature is not going to be on the Saturday the fifth. It's going to be on the Tuesday, so they're going to have, they can train Thursday, Saturday, and then play Tuesday. Um, so obviously, we're, we're, I think we're all just waiting on news really now. Well, we are at Gorka from from the Northwest Counties League. Um, as if we do come out of lockdown on the second, when we can play and and what kind of what the what it's going to look like going forward. Um, but yeah, we can't wait. It's been a frustrating time, but you know we've just got to get on with it. Go anywhere you're going Saturday. What's your plans, mate? I don't know. Town, oh, town have got Stoke, haven't they? So yeah, I might go for half an hour. Um, we've got the lads doing a little bit of a, a training regime on Saturday and obviously not face to face but we're getting them to sort of do some stuff local and like one to one which is permitted so um, we're sending some sessions out to do so we're just trying to make the best of it we've had, we've had a few online sessions and stuff um, and, and doing it that way as well so it, it's been interesting because we've had to, we've had to sort of adapt a little bit and some good stuff's come out of it, actually. Some good stuff in terms of out of a bad situation. It's made you really reflect on maybe ways you can work a bit more efficiently, I suppose, for everybody, really. Some things, obviously, will we'll change for the good. Some things we want to get back to. But, uh, yeah, good question. I don't know. I think uh, <laughs> What's this it's, it's, it's hard, isn't it? Saturdays, it's just oh, like, what do you man. do? What, Thursday nights, I was sat here uh, last Thursday, and I'm like, what do people do on a Thursday night? Like, <laughs> you, you know, you're out, what, what do people do? What are they watching? <laughs> I'm a a place right. in the sun, mate. Get it on. I've got about 140 of them on the cop. James, how much money will you lose for, say, if you had an home game on Saturday under kind of the post-COVID, we have everyone can go, no professional. What what would you have made on that day? What will you lose? I don't want to depress you, man. Think you just have. Yeah, you have. Um, over four figures, you know, and yeah, it's 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 tough. It's difficult and. You know, somebody mentioned, I think it was Quinny mentioned earlier about the job retention scheme. You know, we've got half a dozen players on contract, you know, which need paying. You know, we're going to try and put a claim in for to, 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 to cover that to cover that expense. But, you know, we still need our management team working. 
you know preparing for, for our return so there are costs that we're they're gonna we're gonna incur absolutely and yeah it's uh, a lot of money I don't want to think about it because because oh end yeah. on a low there but it's that as well but <laughs> guys I just want to thank you for your time it's been absolutely fantastic I've learned a lot I'm sure everyone else has on that as well we just hope that you can get back out of Asda and Sainsbury's and to uh, doing what you do best, managing, uh, counting your money, James and Joe, crossing uh, balls in and scoring amazing goals like at Ellen Road in November yeah. 2008. <laughs> <laughs> James, where's it, where is it? Is it home? Is it at Brighouse or Taddy on Boxing Day? Taddy, I think. Taddy, oh, I think. Well, I it, couldn't I? No, I think it's a, it's a, I've got it at Brighouse. Brighouse. Yeah, it's I've got it at Brighouse. I'm just checking my calendar, yeah. You're not allowed, James. You're a proper chairman of what? What is going on? He's off holiday, isn't he? He's already told me. We'll do a register for that game if you want. You haven't got a game for golf, we'll do a register. Yeah, we are at home. Apologies, we're at home for Taddy Boxing Day, away to Wasp on New Year's Day. James yeah, is trying to get me turned up at Taddy for that game. <laughs> 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 yeah, what, what's, your, uh, what's your tactics, pretty actually? Have you were, have you, have you for the game? Uh, yeah, we're going to play uh, four, four up top. Scars <laughs> <laughs> is playing goals. Scars is goal. Yeah. yeah um, James, get get a stream going, man. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah. Nah, it's, been, it's been classes that fellas. Really, really, really insightful yeah, and oh, hopefully. Hopefully, it's give you you guys a platform to talk to a, a wider audience, football league level, and make a few more oh. people aware that there's local teams we can go and watch eventually when you're back in. Yeah, I can just mention Most as well there are there are lots of other teams as well locally, and you know, yeah. and I appreciate the platform Neil and and, and Cosy and Brady for for Brighouse, and no doubt Quinny does for Taddy and Scarzi does for Golker, but just non-league generally, you know, Liversidge, Emily, Shelley, Pontefract, you know the there's lots of clubs locally. Park Avenue, you know. I went uh, to Penniston Church. That would have placed, mate. I'll tell you what, they're not backwards and giving an opinion there at Crowd, are they? Bloody hell. Who would be a linesman? That's uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. done what they're doing. And, and that's only stuff you can even say, but yeah, it is quality. Guys, thanks so much. We'll be back next week. We've got two games, haven't we, here? We've got Stoke on Saturday where we'll win 4-0 and then Wickham. We'll be in the top six. We'll be back towards the Premier League in a... Yeah, OK. There's a team that is dear to its followers The colours are bright, blue and white team of renown They're the pride of the town And the game of football is their delight And all the while upon the field of play Thousands loudly cheer them on the way Often you can hear them say Who can be the town today And then the bells will ring so merrily And every ghost shall be a memory So town play up And bring that
that call back to Huddersfield. So town player will bring the car back to Huddersfield. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 